Good morning. I'm so excited to be here with you guys this morning. So excited to open uh, this word with you. So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5. I about said Luke 2 again because it's like trained in right from the season. And I was like, that's not where we're at today. So anyway, we're going to be in Luke 5. Um, we're just going to open God's word and ask him just to move in this place and move over our hearts. But man, just so excited about this year. Uh, still like 2020. It's amazing. Can't believe um, made it this far, right? Like uh, 2020, like, man, I thought it'd be different. I thought there'd be like flying cars and stuff, but there aren't, and that's fine. Um, I was talking with somebody the other day, and they, they said they couldn't believe they made it through five decades, and I started laughing, and then I was like, I've made it through four, so now I feel old, uh, and that's how it works, I guess. But anyway, so excited to be here this morning and to, and to jump into this word with you. Last week, we started um, with this thought that this year could be a year of coming back. That this year could be defined by coming back. And I don't want to leave that, like, right, like one message. Thank you, God, for that. Let's do 51 other Sundays and never talk about it again. I don't want to leave it that fast. But last year, for, for so many of us, it was this year that I had conversations with, with you, and maybe it was me leading the conversation and saying, man, I just feel, like, far away from God right now. And some of that was you guys, to, to me, saying, I just feel far away from God right now, and, and maybe for a lot of us, but at least some of us, last year was a year that I think, like, if you mark 2019, it was like a year of struggle, a year of hurt, a year of uh, confusion, maybe for some of us, a year of, I don't really feel like I'm where I need to be with you, God, right now for some of us, and and as I was praying, like, God, what do you want to speak into this year? It was like, well, why don't you just tell everybody that they can come back? Let me just tell everybody that, like, the, the door is still open, there's still a way, and you you come back, and man, as I was thinking about that, like, what an amazing thought. Like, this is the, this could be the year of, like, coming back. Like, for all of us in this place right now, like, we can get closer to God this year. Like, wouldn't that be amazing at the end of 2020? We're like, man, this is the closest to God I have ever been. Like, we get to the last day of the year, and right before we go into the new year, we're like, man, I don't even know if I want to leave this year because I just feel like this is the year that I've just grown so close to God. Like, how amazing would that be? But like even greater than that, what if we just believed God for that, not only for us, but the people around us, like people that we know, like aunts, uncles, mothers, brothers, cousins, sisters, like whatever, um, that don't know Jesus. Like what if this is the year that we just believe, like God, can, can they come back? Can they come to you this year? And I just, I don't know, I just feel like maybe this year that, that could be a thing if we just lean into that and press into that. Like, I believe today that God is still the God who saves. Do, do you not? Like, <laughs> I believe today that God wants to do something. And I know, like, I've been in church for 33 years, and I'm, I'm jaded too, like, right? Like, we've seen two people a year get saved, and we're like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. But, but I've seen stories about where God does so much more, but maybe he doesn't do that anymore. Like, I've been jaded into that too, but, like, I just believe that God still works. I believe today that God's not, like, handicapped. He's not old. He's not, like, like taking a nap. Like, like, God still works, and maybe we just don't see it because his people don't. And what if this year was different? So we're doing a couple things, like manna, if that's a thing you're doing. Any, anybody, manna? Uh, well, it's great. About seven of us. Cool. Um, so I'm just kidding. But, um, man, I just want you to know this year, if, you, if you're going to get close to God, the way to that is through his word. And um, you, you're not going to move an inch if you just sit there and, and don't pour into what he says. Like, isn't it amazing? It's like a miracle. We have his word on a page. It's recorded. Like, we can see what God says about things and thinks about things. Like, we can, we can, we can learn God in this. We can grow closer to God in this. And, like, 
we're just as a church this year saying we want to do that. And if you've not participated for whatever reason, like start today. You don't have to go home and read 12 chapters and catch up with us. Like just start a chapter, whatever we're on 12 today. Is today the 12th? I have no idea. I don't do dates, but the 12th today. <laughs> I just read what Lydia posts on Instagram, we'll be honest. Um, but man, what, what an amazing thing. Just start today. You don't have to go home and catch up. Just start today. And if you fail tomorrow, just start the next day. And if you fail the next day, just start the next day. And just see what God will do, right? Like at the end of the year, if it didn't work, don't do it anymore. If the end of the year, you've read God's word every day and he didn't change you, never read it again. But I just believe that. I believe that's what God does. So, you know, try it. <laughs> but this morning, we're going to be in Luke 5. We're just going to talk about that, that, that coming back and... Um, we're going to do that in a story probably for most of you you've heard. Actually, it's in three of the four Gospels. And as I was studying last night, it was amazing. Uh, probably not, but <laughs> now it's funny. Um, as I sat down to study, it was like I had no idea what God wanted to say this morning. And for like hours, I was like laying there just reading and praying and reading and praying and really just struggling with God. Like, what do you want to say? And I'm just like... I don't know, I just feel like God wants to speak to somebody every week, and I don't want to just open the Bible and put my finger somewhere and hope for the best. Like, God, what do you want to say? And um, for like two hours, it was like, God, you know, like, I need, I need you to say something. Um, and, and finally, as I was reading and praying, like, I'd read all around this, just crazy, I read all around the story, and God was just like, this is the verse. And uh, I just Googled it because I don't know where stuff is like that. That's not my spiritual gift. I can talk about it, but I can't remember where it is. Um, and, and this is the verse. And then God was like, and this is next week. <laughs> this, is next, this is crazy um, how God works like that. But man, I'm so excited about this word this morning. And, and last week we started with that story of the prodigal son, of the son who like goes off and he chases other things. He like, I don't want anything to do with the father. And he runs away from the father. And Anyway, his life falls apart, right? It was great for a little while, um, and then his life falls apart. And uh, he starts thinking to himself, like, can I, can I go back? He remembers, I have a father. That verse, like, like, phrase has popped in my head so many times this week. Like, I have a father <laughs> that I can run to. Um, so thankful for that. But he remembers, I have a father. He comes to his senses, is what the word says. And he starts thinking about the personality, the character of the father. And he's like, man, my father's so good and generous and loving. Like, maybe he'll take me back as a slave. And he goes back to his father and... As he turns back to his father, what he finds out is his father's already looking for him to call him back. And, and that's the reality for us this morning. If, you are all, if you're thinking, I'm far away, God's already calling you back. Um, you wouldn't even know you're far away if God wasn't saying anything to you. And um, you can come back. And, and that's just been the kind of theme of this week. And, and this morning, we're going to continue that series, um, come back, and, and we're going to do that in Luke chapter 5. Now, Luke is the gospel of Luke. This narrative story of Jesus's life is told by Luke. Um, if you read the first couple of verses, what you find out is Luke is sitting down. And he's compiling a bunch of eyewitness accounts of what Jesus has done and said, his life and his ministry, uh, to, to do it in as, in as orderly as he can, like as chronological ordered as he can. I don't think I said that right, but whatever. Uh, and and um, as accurate as he can. And the story of the call of Levi or the call of Matthew makes it into the the book. And it says, um, after this, in verse 27, chapter 5, and the after this is we see Jesus is teaching in a city. He's in this house, and these friends are bringing their paralyzed friend to Jesus, and they can't get him through the door. 
It's kind of a cool story, right? Like they can't get him through the door because Jesus has got such a crowd in that house. So what they decide to do is not like turn around and go home and try again another day. They crawl up on the roof and they haul their like paralyzed friend up onto the roof. I don't know if you can get this picture, but it's kind of cool. Uh, and then they start ripping the roof off. And then once they get like a big enough hole to lower their paralyzed friend down into, they just start like lowering this guy down in and he like comes down right before Jesus. And it's amazing. And as I was reading that, I was thinking like, how many of us are working that hard to get our friends to Jesus? But um, Jesus, this guy shows up kind of before him and Jesus looks at him and he says, hey, your sins are forgiven. And people are like, ah, who's this guy? He can't forgive sins. He can't, he can't do that. Can he do that? I don't know if he can do that. He can't do that. And Jesus looks at these guys and he says, hey, um, actually, what's easier, saying your sins are forgiven or saying to this man, get up and walk? But so you will believe. Jesus does this miracle and he says, get up and walk. And this guy actually like gets up and walks, rolls up his bed and just like walks home. It's, a, it's an amazing story. And, and this is the story that precedes what God is about to do. So Jesus has been teaching all day. He's just healed this man, done some amazing things. And he's not ready to quit yet. It says in 27, after this, Jesus is still working. He's had a full day. He's taught a whole lot, but he's not too busy to still do something, right? Uh, And it says, after this, Jesus went out or out of this house, and he saw a tax collector named Levi. Now, we don't probably know a lot about tax collectors except for they take taxes. We kind of talked about it last week. But tax collectors are not like the best people in the city. Tax collectors are like the bottom rung of society. They're they're Jewish men who've kind of who have kind of like um, went against their own people who are, who are viewed as traitors because they've signed up to work for the Roman government, this like oppressive government that the Jews weren't too excited about anyway. They've signed up to work for these guys, and what they do is they go around and they, to, they collect taxes for the Roman government or uh, from the Jewish people. But what's amazing about that is not only are they traitors, they're also thieves because um, whatever they can take above taxes, they they take that and they put that in their pocket. So they actually make their living off extorting money from from other people. You're not going to probably take a lot of money from like the scariest dude on the block. You're going to find like the widow or the people that don't really have a lot or the people that can't really defend themselves. And you're going to be like, uh, wouldn't it be a shame if something happened to your house like we burned it down? Uh, You should probably give me some more money. And they would take that extra money, and they, they, they amassed a fortune from stealing from people who were, who were defenseless. Now, that's kind of horrible, right? Like, we're like, nah, probably wouldn't be friends with that guy. And the Jewish people weren't. Like, they looked at these people as worse than sinners, so much so that every time they're mentioned, it's like, you're with sinners and tax collectors. Like, they're viewed as less than, than sinners. They're the worst of the worst. These guys are not people the religious crowd is hanging out with. And unfortunately for them, they're, most, they're in the most religious society that's, like, ever existed on the planet. And this is who Jesus sees. It says Jesus went out and he saw a tax collector, and this guy happened to be named Levi, and he was sitting in the tax office doing whatever tax collectors do in the tax office, right? Like I imagine like Scrooge McDuck sitting there counting his like coins, like this is what Levi is doing in this moment. I don't know if you get that, but I get that. Um, but this is what I imagine he's doing at this moment, and it says Jesus saw him. Now, I don't know if that's through a window or Jesus actually walked in the tax office, but he, he sees this guy. And then it says that he starts to speak to him. Now imagine this, like you're there, you're in the crowd, you're just following Jesus around, you're one of the disciples who have been called, you're following Jesus around. Jesus has just got done teaching, he's just healed a guy, and then he walks into the tax office, and we're just like five chapters in, so we don't know maybe a whole lot about Jesus yet. And he walks in here, and this is a room with like one of the worst sinners in the town just hanging out at a desk, probably counting money that he's stolen from people just a few moments ago. 
And Jesus begins to speak, and you're probably thinking probably what a lot of us want to say to people like that. Oh, he's about to blast him. He's about to get him. It's about to get good. Jesus is about to go after this guy. He's going to let him know who's boss. He's about to tell him, like, he's the worst of the worst. And he's going to say, he's never coming back to God. Like, Jesus is about to get this guy. I'm like, how do you know that? Because, like, hey, I've met some of us, and I am some of us. And what we like to do in the crowd behind Jesus is be like, get them, God, get them, get them. You know, they are not supposed to be doing that. They're not supposed to be acting that way. Get them, burn them. Like, just go ahead and open up the ground, toss them in. Like, that's us, right? Because when somebody wrongs us or we perceive that they wrong God, we're like, this is righteous judgment wells up in us. And we're like, get them, God. That's probably what's happening kind of with the disciples. They're sitting there. Peter's probably like, oh, it's better go down. <laughs> Levi's about to get it. And then this really unexpected thing happens because Jesus doesn't do any of that. He doesn't look at Levi and be like, I can't believe you jerk or taking money from, from widows. I can't believe you've betrayed your own people. I can't believe that you acted this way. I can't. He didn't do any of that, does he? He says this thing that probably like everybody standing around would have gasped about. He looks at him and he says, follow me. He looks at Levi, tax collector, worst of the worst, like the baddest dude in the whole city. And he looks at him and he says the same thing that he said to Peter and Andrew and James and John. He looks at this guy and he says, follow me. He extends like the disciples invitation, right? It's like. Jesus looks at this guy that everybody else would have counted out and been talking about and been like, Jesus is going to get him. Jesus is going to run him down. Jesus is about to toss him out. Jesus is about to get rid of him. And Jesus looks at him and he doesn't do any of that. He looks at him and he extends the same invitation that he's extended over and over and over again to all these people that are walking behind him. And he says, follow me. All these people walking behind him, maybe we were like, hey, dude, I wasn't that bad. I was just like a fisherman. How are you going to call He's a word. Do you know who he is? Do you know what's happening here? But he just looks at him. He says, follow me. That was cool. Like the angels. It's fun. Jesus is speaking. Amen. Um, And he looks at him and he he says, follow me. Probably most people at this, that's going to be awesome. Band's coming back up. Um. He looks at him and he says, follow me, follow me. Now, can you imagine like not really, let's, let's, let's forget about what all the skeptics are thinking right now, but let's just think about Levi for a second. Levi, tax collector in the tax office, is used to hearing probably all the religious people look at him and say over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, you're not good enough. He's used to people running him down as he walks down the street. He's used to people saying, oh, my gosh, that dude is a sinner. Do you know what he does? Do you know he took money from from poor Betty over here the other day that she can barely eat? And he went in her house and he took all the money that she had. Do you know how bad that guy is? He's never getting to God. He there's there's no forgiveness for that. That guy's unforgivable. He's, He's irredeemable. There's no way he's ever coming back. And he's heard it over and over and over and over and over again to the point where I guarantee you, Levi believes with everything in him, I can't get back. This is just who I am. 
I am irredeemable. I am uh, unforgivable. I am somebody that has no place in the kingdom of God. He, he probably believes it to his very core. And then here is this guy, Jesus, that walks in. Jesus, who, even though we're only five chapters in, he's probably heard a lot about. He probably had even already heard just a few moments ago, Jesus was in a house teaching some people. He maybe had even seen the guy that he just healed, like walk down the road by the office and thought, man, that guy, he couldn't walk 30 seconds ago. What's up with that? He probably heard rumblings of of this Jesus being able to teach like nobody's ever taught before. He's probably heard rumblings of this Jesus healing and and doing miracles that nobody would ever seen before. He's probably heard people say, even maybe whisper that maybe this is the Messiah. And then he walks in and he's probably thinking, oh no, I've had it. And then Jesus looks at him and and he does this weird thing. He looks at him and he says, you can follow me. He extends this invitation to him. He looks at Levi's. He's counting the money, sitting behind this visible representation of his sin. And Jesus looks at him. He, he, there's no question about who he is, right? He's sitting in the tax office. There's no question about what he's done. He's sitting in the tax office. And Jesus looks at him, not worried about who he is or what he's done. And he says, you can follow me. You, you can follow me. In fact, you today can follow me. Jesus looks at him. He's like, you want to come? I'm doing some amazing things. Do you want to come? I'm, I'm, I'm healing people and, and teaching people. And, and, and you can be part of that today. Do you want to come? Everybody in the situation is shocked other than Jesus. The people that are following Jesus are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he just asked that guy to follow him. And then that guy is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he just asked me to follow him. Like everybody is shocked other than Jesus. Because Jesus knew exactly what he was going there to do. And this is in 28, he has this weird response to him. This is in 28, so leaving everything behind... He got up and he began to follow him. Isn't that crazy? He wasn't like, oh, Jesus, what what does that mean? I I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about it. Like, that sounds kind of cool, but then I've got a lot of money over here. Like, what what does that mean? Can you you give me, like, the list of what I'm going to have to go through if I I follow you? Can you just tell me, like, because if I'm going to have to leave my house, I'm going to have to leave my money, I'm going to have to leave my job, I'm going to have to get out of here. I don't know if I want to do, like, he doesn't do any of that, does he? And you're like, well, is that weird? Because that's what we do, isn't it? Oh, I'll follow you, Jesus, with stipulations. Like, yeah, I will follow you as long as it doesn't get too uncomfortable. I will follow you as long as you don't ask me to do anything crazy. I will follow you as long as it means, like, I just have to come to church every once in a while and I got to do the things. I got to be religious. And that's, like, not what following Jesus even looks like. I know a lot of religious people that don't follow Jesus. And Jesus knows a lot of religious people that don't follow Jesus. And he looks at this guy and never had a conversation before that we have recorded. He doesn't come in and like do this whole thing where he's like, hey, let me, let me take you over here and like teach you the, the, the 12 things you need to know. He's not like, let me give you this long speech beforehand. Let, let me go through the worship songs and then the set. And then we will have a response at the end. He just looks at him. He's like, follow me. And the guy's like, okay. Okay. 
But I haven't told you what that means yet. Doesn't matter. I haven't told you what you're going to have to give up yet. Doesn't matter. I haven't told you where we're going to go yet. Doesn't matter. He just says, okay. And, and, he, and he gets up and, and he leaves everything behind. Right? Like this is the whole money pile, the Scrooge McDuck thing. He leaves that. He leaves the desk. He leaves the tax office. He leaves the town. He leaves whatever attachments he's got at the town. Because it's not like I'm going to kind of be a tax collector on, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from 8 to 5. And then on the nights and the weekends, I'll follow you. There's no such thing as part-time following Jesus. He's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And you're like, well, why does he do that? Because this guy understands in this moment what grace is. You will never follow Jesus more because you hear another message. That's all I'm saying. You will never follow Jesus more because they get the songs in the right order and they build the bridge the right way that Sunday. You will never follow Jesus more because you showed up to church more times or said more prayers or even read more, although I believe reading changes us. We will never make the decision to follow Jesus more just because we read more. There'll never be the right podcast or the right thing or the right Christian book or, or the right whatever. There will never be the right person that just walks by and says, hey, you should follow Jesus today, that, that will get you to follow Jesus more. Following Jesus, I believe, is about this. We understand grace. And then grace propels us to follow Jesus. So you're like, how do you get that? The conversation is simple, isn't it? Hey, Levi, I know who you are. I know what you've done, but I come here looking for you today. Follow me. And then Levi thinks, oh my gosh, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. There's no way in the world you should be asking me to follow you. Like I shouldn't be allowed to follow you. This shouldn't be something that's happening right now. There's a miracle that's happening right now. Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior, the Healer, all that stuff is standing in my doorstep. And he's not looking down on me or condemning me or running me down. He's just looking at me and he said to me, I can come. And I'm just blown away by the fact that I can come. So yes, yes, I will come. That's the answer. We make it so complicated. Like it's about learning just the right thing and the right thing. Well, the decision has to be there before we learn anything. So Jesus looks at this guy and he says, follow me and overcome by the grace that has just been shown to him in two simple words. He's like, okay, I don't need any of this stuff. I'll do it. And he gets up and he leaves everything and he follows him this is a side note it's not in my notes i'll bring them and you can look at them later if you got something sitting on the table and you're like i will follow you except for this you are not following he could have said okay let me get my money not following Okay, but I need the job. Not following. When Jesus says, follow me, if there's any kind of stipulation, you are not following. And I just need you to know that today. I need to know that today. Following Jesus looks like this. Follow me. Okay. He didn't get up and say, let me get my desk. Like how silly for the next three years would Levi looked carrying around his tax desk. Some of us want to piggyback our whatever, right? 
Oh, yeah, I'm Jesus, I'm coming. I'm a little slower because I've got to carry this. He's like, leave it. So overcome by grace, Jesus looks at this guy who never deserved it just like us, never could have earned it just like us, and he says, follow me. And this guy's like, okay, cool. Okay. I'm just trying to listen today because I'm about to rabbit trail and I don't want to do that unless God wants me to do that. Okay, Jesus, I'll follow you, but I can't do this. I'm not following. Okay, Jesus, I'll follow you, but I gotta be here. I'm not following. Okay, Jesus, I'll follow you, but I'm never gonna I'm not following. That's not it. I hope that hits heavy today for some of us. Following Jesus is greater than money and job and family and retirement and hobby and all that stuff. And if any of that stuff is an excuse to not follow Jesus, then you are making excuses to not follow Jesus. Jesus gave you all his life, so he deserves all your time and all your effort and all your ability and whatever he asks you to do. And I'm not saying that that means you can't do this thing. Jesus may be saying that. I'm not saying that. But following Jesus is like he's greater. And then everything else takes a seat somewhere under that. The priorities are he's the top and everything else kind of takes a seat under that. And if God's not top priority, then what is God? If your family is a greater priority than God, then your family is your God. If your job is a greater priority than God, then your job is your God. And God's looking at Matthew, Levi, and he's saying, hey, come follow me. And he's like, priority number one, yes. And when he did this, he chose to go from rich to homeless. From rich to poor. From powerful to powerless. Because grace. And if we haven't got that, then we've got a weird picture somewhere of grace. And it could be this. Maybe we think we're too good to need it. Or maybe we don't realize what he's really offering. Because the conversation was simple. Follow me. Okay. So Jesus looks at Levi and he says, hey, um, I know who you are. I know what you've done. I don't care about any of that. Do you want to come? And he goes, okay, I'm coming. And we jump down to 29. And it says in 29, then Levi hosted a grand banquet for him at his house. They went back to Levi's house. And Levi was like, I'm leaving this today. So let's just spend all my money on a banquet. Because it wasn't like just a, we're going to eat. But like, we're going to eat, eat, right? Like it's a grand banquet. I don't know what a grand banquet looks like. I've never been to one, but it's better than Golden Corral. And this is what's going on. At Levi's house, it says in 29, then Levi hosted a grand banquet for him at his house, the him being Jesus, not the him being Levi. And it says, now there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others who, was, who were guests with him. Let me just kind of boil that down for you, tax collectors and sinners. Levi doesn't have any other friends. Nobody else is hanging out at Levi's house. It doesn't matter what the food looks like. 
Levi has a lot of money and he's got a lot of stuff, but he stole it from everybody in town. And the only people he knows are other sinners like him. There's tax collectors and sinners hanging out at Levi's house. And here's the amazing thing. They're having a banquet for Jesus. He finds Jesus and he's like, hey, uh, I'm going to throw a party because all my friends got to know this. Grace did something in him that caused him to believe that if he can call him to follow him, he can get everybody else to follow him. He's like, I'm the worst of the worst. I'm, I'm like the boss of these guys. I'm, I'm the biggest tax collecting jerk here. And if you can save somebody like me, you can save anybody. I think maybe some of us need to realize who we are so we can realize, man, God can save anybody if he can save somebody like me. So he, he has a party and he's like, I got to invite all these people, not so we can eat food, but so we can see, they can see who Jesus is. And it says there, there was a large crowd there it says in 30 but but the pharisees and the scribes were complaining to his disciples now here we have religious people again complaining that god would save people that god come to save it's so weird but pharisees are these religious leaders who teach the scripture and then scribes are religious leaders who sit around and write down the scripture all day long Lots of knowledge of the Bible hanging out in this conversation. Lots of memorization of the Bible hanging out in this conversation. Lots of I went to school to do this hanging out in this conversation. Not very much I get what God's doing happening in this conversation. And these people walk up to the disciples and they're like, hey, dude, I don't know if you know this or not. Um, he just called Levi. That dude is a jerk. Levi is a tax collector. He steals money from these people. If Jesus is so good, what's he doing hanging out with people that are so bad? If this is really who he is, what is he doing hanging out with these people? And what's amazing about this is the disciples don't get a chance to defend Jesus because it's not their job to defend Jesus, just like it's not our job to defend Jesus Jesus defends Jesus. This is in 31. Jesus replied to them. You don't get it. The healthy don't need a doctor. But the sick do. Starts talking to him about physical things because these are religious leaders who know nothing about spiritual things. He's like, let me not start with the Bible because you memorized it and you don't get it. Let's talk about the doctor. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Shouldn't be mind-blowing, kind of is. He looks at him, he's like, the sick people do. How's that a plot of what's happening here? Jesus explains, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He looks at him and he's like, "You, you don't get it. You you have no idea what's going on here. You're blinded by religion and you think more of yourself than than you are. Uh, You you think that you're good and you look down on people that maybe aren't like you. And and that's not it. That's not the kingdom of God. That's not what it looks like. Religious people don't get to look down on other people because religious people miss it over and over and over and over again. Jesus is like, you are literally talking bad about me for doing exactly what I came to do. I didn't come looking for righteous people because there are, there are none. Now, the Pharisees and scribes, they didn't, they didn't get that because to them, like they had the right clothes on and the right attitude and they, they're, they're in the right place with God. And we see what God calls them later in the scripture, don't we? 
brood of vipers. Yeah, yeah, you guys don't get it. I get, oh, it's cute. You read your Bible. That's awesome. Um, wouldn't it be awesome if you did some of it? Oh, it's cute. You go to you go to church, but then you tell other people they can't come to church because they're not like you, so, so you don't get it. Because um, you, you don't know mercy because you're not experienced mercy because you're trying to do it on your own. You're trying to be good and get good and get to God on your own. You can't do it. You can't do it. So I just want you to know, A, you don't get it. And B, I came for the sick. I, ca- I came to call sinners to repentance. I'm hanging out with sinners because... That's who I came for. I'm hanging out with tax collectors because that's who I came for. I'm not sitting around in synagogue wasting my time with you jokers because somebody that believes they know Jesus will probably never know Jesus. Oh, yeah, I've heard the gospel. I don't need that anymore. Probably lost. I need it every day. Oh, yeah, I prayed that prayer that one time. I'm forgive. Yeah, I need forgiveness every day. Jesus said, I'm not looking to hang out with religious people. I didn't leave heaven to come down and hang out with religious people. I had enough religious people. I'm actually sick of religious people. I told them 400 years ago to shut the doors on the, on the religious people thing. And, and they, I didn't even show up for 400 years and nobody knew it. I'm sick of religious people. I'm looking for tax collectors and sinners. I'm, I'm looking for the bottom. Of, I'm looking for people that everybody's going to be like, why in the world is Jesus hanging out with those people? That is the people I'm looking for. The people that have nothing together. The people that don't get it. The people that feels like their world's falling apart. The people that are so stuck down in that pit, they never think they're going to come up out of that pit. That's the people I'm looking for. Because when I say, follow me to people like that, they get it. When I say follow me to people that like never thought they had a chance, they get it. When I say follow me to church people, they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna come to church tomorrow. I mean, when I say follow me to, to, the, to the lowest of the low, the people that their lives falling apart, when I say follow me to those people, like they get it, they get it. When I say follow me to people that have been trapped in sin for years and years and years and, and they've got that weight on their back of guilt and shame and I say follow me to they, they get it. They get what grace is. When I say follow me to people that have made all the wrong life choices, they get what grace is. When I say follow me to people that know they never should have showed up in the room today, they get what grace is. You church people are the issue. Grace is for everybody. And the amazing thing about that is like that's still today how Jesus works in it. He still shows up in the room with with people that really like they shouldn't be there shows up in the room with people that aren't worthy people that that don't have it together people that's lives are literally falling apart without god people who have made all the wrong choices and he walks up to him and he's like hey i want you to know you can follow me yeah, I, I left heaven. I'm the son of God. Congratulations. Nice to meet you today. I'm Jesus. I'm the son of God. I left heaven and I came down here and I lived a perfect life because I, I knew you couldn't do it. There was no way you were screwing it up so bad, man. There was no way you could do it. But I did it. And then at the end of that, like I died for you. I, I literally let them crush me so you wouldn't have to be crushed. I, I did that so you could follow me, so you could come. 
And yeah, I know everything you've done, and I know, I know, I know what you've said, and I know the, the choices you've made. I, I get all that. I don't care. I don't care. Because today, anybody that wants to come can come. Anybody God's calling today, they, they can come. We want to be like, ah, God, but I've done this thing. I don't care. Wouldn't it have been silly? He walked up to Matthew in the tax office, knowing exactly where he was and what he's done for Matthew to be like, ah, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm a tax collector. I don't know if you can really save me. But we do that. I don't know if you know, like I've made these decisions or not, but I've done, I've done some bad things. So maybe not. Jesus is never confused about who he calls. He knows who we are and what we've done. That's what makes grace so great. Nobody snuck in the back door with Jesus. Nobody like come through the window to the cross. Jesus knows like the depth of who we are and what we've done. And he knows yesterday when we didn't choose him and tomorrow we won't choose him. He knows all that and he chooses us anyway. That's grace. And today for all of us, right? Like, oh, I'm, I'm far away. I don't know if I can get back to God. Why? Isn't that what grace is? I didn't come looking for the people that had it all together. I come looking for the people that have screwed it up. Well, what's keeping you from it today? Why can't you come back? You are who I came for today. And it works the same way for the people that have never been there, right? two years old and I've never given my life to Jesus or I'm 200 years old and never given my life. It doesn't matter. I faked it all the way to here through church. I show up every week and people think i am got it together and I'm a fraud. Who cares? You're the people he's looking for. We all got issues and struggles and problems and the amazing thing about that is Jesus is not confused about it and today we are exactly who he's looking for and he's looking at every one of us today and he's saying you don't have to be where you are. You can be where I am. You don't have to be way over there. You can be way over here. You you don't have to be sitting in sin today, in sorrow and shame today. You don't have to be in that today. You can be right here where I am. Follow me. It's still the invitation today. Come back. It's still the invitation today. Come on. It's still the invitation today. And for every single person, regardless of who you are, where you've been, what you've done, it's those same words today. Not some other message some other song but just this simple phrase follow me and then you get to choose follow me okay I can't believe you said that but okay or follow me I don't know about that but we all get to choose today. Let's pray.